Welcome to the Art of Slowing Down to Quantum Leap podcast that I created especially for conscious introvert entrepreneurs. And if you desire to grow and quantum scale without the hustle and are ready to discover the missing pieces to effortlessly running a solar line business, then this is for you. And I'm your host, Annalena Fuchs, a human design and energetic alignment coach. And my mission with this podcast is to provide you with a shortcut to your most aligned path to success and financial freedom using a powerful combination of human design, science, and spirituality. And I myself have shifted from working nine to five to now enjoying the freedom of creating things on my own terms. And I want to help you do the same. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Art of Slowing Down podcast. I am super delighted to be with you all. It's Annalena and I have a beautiful guest here. Her name is Parmese Yastanar and I'm just going to read her bio right now and then we're going to take it away. So Parmese is an expert copywriter, brand strategist and neuromarketing consultant who teaches brands how to understand the psychology of communication and behavior-based copywriting so they can Take the right away from producing content that converts and finally be positioned as the industry leaders that premium clients crave working with. And serving as the voice behind many six and seven figure brands for almost a decade, Pamis recently transitioned from a done for you copywriting agency into educating and mentoring up and coming brands on finding their brand voice, owning their mas magnetic message and adopting the writing principles that create desire and commitment from their clients. I had so many goosebumps reading this. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I I love the the topic of messaging because it says something. I have to be honest, I have struggled with, especially in the beginning. And then luckily at some point I worked with a messaging coach for over a year. It really helped me to become more specific because especially as a spiritual entrepreneur. So I have now the word magic back in my content, but in the beginning it was, everything was just way too fluffy and nobody was talked about. So I'm so happy to have you just even for myself to learn today, to be honest. Absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah. So I would love to hear a little bit about your story, mm -hmm. like where you came from, especially kind of this transition that I was just reading about, right? You kind of transitioned from this done for you copywriting into educating. So This is kind of, I love this shift because it's kind of like, hey, I do it for you kind of thing. And now actually empowering people to learn, help them learn so they can do it by themselves. Because even like for me, if I feel into this energy, it feels much more empowering for myself because yeah, at some point I can hire somebody, right? But I feel a little bit dependent and like, what if I'm not going to have my copyright? I'm going to be screwed or what, right? So I would love for you to kind of dive into like why you kind of embarked on this transition. Yeah. And I love this topic. And it's been something I've been speaking to very frequently recently, because there is a very big demand for done for you copywriters. And I understand why, because the task of writing, the task of self-expression, or the task of having to articulate the value of what you do is a daunting one. And especially when you're an expert, whether it's in the spiritual realm, or whether it's in health and wellness and in personal development and empowerment, Sometimes it, it becomes very difficult to be able to express and articulate the vastness of our work. And mm -hmm. so we articulate ourselves from this place of what we know that the client needs, not necessarily in a way that the client or our readers or our audience can respond or can understand what it is that we do. And so what really kind of helped me transition from done for you to, to, to being an educator was recognizing that the number one skill that a business owner can actually develop is the art and science of powerful communication. And it goes beyond just what we do inside our businesses. I, I truly do believe that it's the number one skill as human beings, because we are always communicating mm. in our relationships, in our workplaces, with our friends, with our peers, with our spouses, with our children. And so being able to understand how to land a message powerfully 
becomes imperative for you to just be able to function in your day to day. And so I ran a copywriting agency and I was I was the writer. I was the voice behind all of these brands um, for about six or seven years. And what I realized is that I was getting a very heightened sense of, uh, you know, you get the dopamine hits when you when you send someone a piece of their copy back and they say, oh my goodness, this is brilliant. And this is better than I could have ever said it. And I would say, yes, like I really crushed it with that one. And for a long time, that was really fueling my fire and feeling like I've really tapped into a zone of of expertise of mine. And and writing has always been something that has come naturally to me. Um, I used to win debates and um, persuasive essays that went on and got awards. So it was always communication has always been my thing. And I really Mm -hmm. thought that I had narrowed it down to helping certain individuals now be able to communicate in their businesses. So it was a very lucrative business model for myself. However, sometime I would say around 2017 or 2018, I started getting this internal nudge that I'm creating a lot of codependency on me. Mm -hmm. And the pivotal moment that this happened was my partner and I back then went on a three-week trip to Greece and we were island hopping and I'd worked really really hard all that year and I really wanted to just let go during those three weeks and, and enjoy my vacation and enjoy my holiday and every morning I was getting emails from clients saying oh my goodness I have to write this thing and I just I don't know what to say or I have this email that needs to go out and I just have no idea what to say or oh I just got booked on a podcast and they want a bio and I have no idea what to say and I remember deep down in that moment I was like you have been in business for 10 15 20 years how is it that you're still reliant on somebody else to to effectively kind of communicate just an introduction of who you are and what you do. Mm. And it was that moment that it really dawned on me that I'm not doing these people a service by doing all the writing and communication for them. Because as a business owner, if you're not able to communicate the essence of what you do, or if you're not confident or don't have the conviction in being able to express what it is that you do and somebody else has to do it for you, then you are lacking the number one skill that you need to develop in business to create those relationships, to relay or convey value. And so I made a commitment to myself at that point that I'm going to start teaching my copywriting principles because if it works and if it leads to conversions and if people love the things I write for them, then I need to be able to reverse engineer how I'm taking their expertise and their genius Mm -hmm. and translating it into content pieces that actually sell. And that was a bit of a daunting task because like I said, writing and communication just was always something that came naturally to me. I didn't have frameworks. I didn't have rules. I didn't have methods that I can teach. I just simply knew that I would take their genius and I would write amazing pieces of web copy and and emails and, and stuff like that. And so it took me a number of years to be able to distill down the psychological principles behind what it is that I'm doing when I'm actually writing very magnetic messages. And I started taking on a couple of new clients where I said, hey, listen, I'm not going to be writing this for you, but I'm going to be writing it with you. We're going to sit down together. We're going to look at, you know, what is the actual message you want to convey? What is it that you want your audience to know? What are the details of the transformation or the, the benefits that people will experience while working with you? And we started crafting these messages together. And over time, I developed my own unique set of frameworks and formulas and ways that I can actually teach people to write for themselves. And so I will still get a huge amount of demand of people asking me if I can write content for them. And Mm -hmm. I always say, nope, because I'm now teaching you how to fish, not just giving you the fish. And oftentimes people come out of my programs feeling so much more empowered and so much more grounded in their unique value because they've taken the time to understand their clients better, to understand their programs better, to understand how they want to be perceived by the outside world. And so to me, the transition from done for you to now educating has been a monumental step in not just my own personal development, but in actually helping people understand how do they get even more grounded and convicted in their own value. Oh gosh, I love this so much. So I have, you said so many beautiful things. I want to, and of course I have to admit, I looked at your human design chart, kind of sprinkling it in. So Pamis is a beautiful 1-3 manifesting generator with sacred authority. And you're a teacher by design. And I'll show you in a little bit what we're going to talk about this. Like you're meant to, because you have the Ajna connected to the throat. I don't know if you know what that means right now. But that energy is like, I mean, you have a brilliant mind. Just looking at your chart, like you can so articulate your thoughts and your thinking like really, really well. And 
The other thing, like in general, human design is about sharing our genius with the world, right? And like you said, the, the genius is always this like, what comes just naturally and easy to you? And that's exactly what you voiced right now. You know, I have just always been good at it. You know, that's what happened for me with human design. It just, I almost was like, this comes too easy to me. Like, who am I to just be like, you know, like I need to go to college for this or something. And and I did my trainings and stuff. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's often the thing where we're like, well, it's so easy. Like everybody probably knows this because it comes so easy to me. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, and that's what I love. Like you are here to radiate this energy out into the world because there are people like me and many others. Messaging is not my forte. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's something that I need people that are really good at that to guide me so I can, you know, master this over time. And I have seen over the last, I mean, if I look back two years now, I mean, I, oh my gosh, I feel so much more grounded, but I, I think I still have so much to learn. Right. And I, I find like from different people that I resonate with, I, I take on little things here and there that, that are really, really helpful. And, and that's what honestly human design and gene keys and all this is about that we each individually can live our zone of genius, get this out into the world in an empowering way. So, you know, other people can learn it from us. And I, and I, and I just love that you, um, you made this transition and especially caught the codependency because that's not sustainable for you, especially, right? It's going to become draining and exhausting. Exactly. And I think there's this, this notion that if something comes easy to you or, or if something is is just like your natural inborn skill, um, you're right, that it, it almost becomes this belief that, well, if I can do it so well, I'm sure everybody else can. Or, you know, everybody can communicate well because that's just like a na natural human mode of operation. We all know how to communicate. But mm -hmm. it really dawned on me that just because communication in, in a very persuasive and impactful way comes naturally to me does not necessarily mean that that's the case for, for other people as well. Mm -hmm. So it's been a huge kind of jump. But the the breaking the codependency piece was, was the hardest because personally, I feel that there's a huge, um, not, not necessarily a, a a need for someone to handhold, but there's a huge over-reliance on when something is hard, whether it's in life or in business, for us to outsource our power for so that somebody else gives mm. us steps or somebody else gives us the blueprint or somebody else does the hard work or the heavy lifting for us. And a huge part of my own message and the people people that I've tried to even target with my own marketing is the people who actually enjoy what they do in their business and want to be involved in the process of creatorship. They see their business as artistry. They see their business as not just a way to create profit or, or generate money or get leads, but a way to actually make an impact. And so for those people, it becomes even more important for them to be able to communicate what it is that they do and to really be able to stand in conviction in it. And as much as a copywriter can take your genius and put it into good words, it'll never come off as powerfully as if you were doing it yourself. Yeah, I agree. And and of course, it's also the combination of my energy, right? My my conviction in my products and services. And I feel like this develops together over time. We kind of start in the sandbox and we're just playing around, you know, like, and then, and then over time, because now I, I know I feel very just confident in what I do. Like if I look back at like five years ago, you could have taught me all the messaging, but I, I wasn't really believing like what I put out there as much. Right. And now it's, it's kind of this, the energy is there. And now I feel like I'm more and more drawn to like, okay, what I have to offer is so life-changing. I better find really good words so it, it it targets the right kind of people, right? Because otherwise, we are. That's what I learned from my other um, messaging coach, Holly. Like, I'm being of this service. That's that's the big aha moment I had. I'm really being of this service. I'm just wishy-washy, blabbering around. Like, yeah, like it's gonna change your life, but not not any kind of really getting to the specific of what it does, right? So. Exactly. Yeah. And there's two things you said there that I think are so important. And this might sound a little bit woo, but I'm sure your audience can handle it. Oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm all about woo. Good. 
Um, I think the beginning of my copywriting journey, I was so evidence-based and so looking at like, you know, the data and, and what actually converts that I, I kind of overlooked some of the energetic components of copy. But one of the things I so, so strongly stand by now and that I preach to my clients over and over again is that the energy behind the content speaks more than the actual words in the content. And what I mean by energy is whether it's in alignment with the actual message that you want to convey, whether it's in alignment with who you actually are, if it's in alignment with your zone of genius, and if it's coming from a genuine place of service, rather than I'm just going to create this because it's going to make me money, or I'm just going to put this out there because it's going to get the most traction. And I've seen this, I've tested it years and years on end that if you can take two different pieces of copy and give it to two different people, or sorry, one sim, one piece of copy and give it to two different types of people, it will do far better with the person that that message is actually in alignment with than the person who's using the good copy or the optimized copy, but it's not actually in alignment with how they naturally want to operate or what they're actually passionate about. So one of the qualms when it comes to delegating to a copywriter is that unless you have already taken the time and invested your energy into getting really, really in the zone with what your brand voice is and what do you actually stand for? Do you actually understand the different nuances of your ideal client? If you haven't taken the time to do that, a copywriter can't do that for you. And even if they produce excellent words that really are tangible or concrete, that depict the transformation that you provide, if it lacks your energy, Energy, your essence and your natural way of expressing yourself, it will never get the results that you want it to. So that's something I've really strongly kind of become um, an advocate for as well. Oh, that feels so good to hear because I, I have to be honest, I sometimes still struggle because to be, so be all honest, what has worked for me the best in terms of conversion and it's always out of flow. And I'm, my life purpose is all about bringing the divine feminine into everything. That's written all over my chart and it has been because I went to college I started business I I was in the totally masculine realm right for a long time and it's very hard for me to shift and I cannot like my body in a way does not allow me to sit down okay I have to follow these seven steps now and create content I'm like see you later I'm not even gonna get started and then all of a sudden like I go about my day and all of a sudden I have the woo divine download and I'm in, in the energy, I, I have the feeling and I just get the most amazing piece out there. And I, I don't even know how I did it. Mm -hmm. Now, I have started to incorporate things like have a catchy headline because I, I have gotten to understand that's the masculine part that really helped me. If I don't have a catchy like head, header or like my Instagram um, post is not something that is like, oh my God, I want to know this. Mm -hmm. People are not even going to read it because we are living in a very crowded, over-destructive online space, right? And also the other thing, like always have a call to action. Like I used to not do that and it got me really uncomfortable. But now it's just, it's kind of second nature. I always have, of course, I've always something to sell. I mean, I have a business, right? So it, it's more the rarity that I just do here and there a post where I'm just sharing the love and not even like, you know, but that's that's definitely it's like so I feel like it's the feminine first and then we can infuse the masculine but we we have been too much in like masculine 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 and if the energy like you say behind is not there then people I mean you can right when you read somebody's thing like I get emails sometimes like about summits actually this week just want to share with you and I want to hear your thoughts on it I got invited to three summits this week <laughs> And one summit turned out that they needed a higher like um, email thing, but I already felt because the first email was so like cookie cutter. It was like a a copy that they get in a program and they just wrote some blah in the beginning. I was like, this is not even that person that's talking there. And I didn't even reply. Then the person took that time to actually reach out to me again. And it, it sounded authentic. I was like, okay, let me check it out. And then when I got to it anyways, it, it didn't work out anyways, and I didn't meet the requirements, but I actually didn't want to even be there. My cycle was like, you know how it is, right? You kind of like, yeah, I said I could be doing it. And then I was like, I'm not really feeling it anymore because it felt inauthentic. The whole thing felt inauthentic, right? Also, it was more about the numbers and everything. So I was like, glad it fell off. And then literally within an hour or a day, I had a lady reach out on Instagram and a much more juicy topic actually about relationships and intimacy and pleasure and stuff. Right. And I was like, Ooh, this is cool. And she was just herself. 
And it, yeah. it feels so authentic. And now she actually today, she sent me an email. It, it just feels so like coming from her heart. And I'm so delighted to be part of the summit, right? So th just the difference was this, like, I have this masculine block here that is actually pushing me away and it feels yuck. And it's just about numbers and profits and how many people are going to reach. And the other one just comes from joy, fun, and truly want to making an impact, right? Yeah. And you, you make a very important point here, which I think is has become one of the core messages behind how I teach messaging, because the result that I get people is tangible, concrete, really juicy messaging that attracts people in. But what really people come to me for is my approach to it. Mm -hmm. And my approach is exactly what you highlighted right now, where originally when I was teaching copy, a lot of people thought that there was some sort of proven blueprint or formula that if you followed, or there was a proven template that if you followed, it's going to get people in. And I've wrestled with this because absolutely, like you said, there are certain masculine tendencies to copy that will make it more effective. So mm -hmm. Even going back to uh, a post I made recently about all the mistakes that I see in people's content. Absolutely, if you're writing from the perspective of you as the coach or you as the practitioner, you as the provider, sometimes it's not received as strongly. So we definitely want to have certain elements of specificity, of tangibility, mm -hmm. of concrete value. But that doesn't come by following a template. So when people would come into my programs or hire me to work with them on their messaging and improving the efficacy of their messaging, they would say, Parmish, just give me the template that's going to work for this. And that's a very big myth in this industry that there's a template or a proven framework to writing your emails a certain way or writing your sales pages a certain way that's going to guarantee conversions. Now, that isn't to say that having a catchy hook or having a well thought out call to action or having value statements that really convey the value isn't effective. But what I always tell my clients is that the initial draft of what you guys write, I want it to come from the heart. I want it to come from a moment of inspiration or, or when you're you know, in the shower, on a walk, cooking, doing something mm -hmm. where all of a sudden the, you know, the, the moment of insight goes off and you're like, oh, that would be a brilliant post. I want you to write from that energy. And then you can always come back to the post and ask yourself, if I was an audience member or a reader going through this post, what are some of the posts, the parts of it that might not be as tangible? Or where can I add more specificity? Or how can I make the headline more about them rather than the thing that I'm teaching them? So the masculine components of copywriting almost come after. But like you said, you want to lead with the feminine. You want to lead with the moment of inspiration, with the spark of creativity that comes. And then you can always come back and make certain tweaks to it as you go. But there's no proven method or proven formula that's going to work for everybody. Because just because it's proven for one person or it, it worked for them and their energy does not necessarily mean that that is transferable to you. Exactly. And I mean, I had the same experience with all these like coaching programs I went through. Here's your five-step process. Yeah, good for you. Uh, it's not mine. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. So there's one thing that I want to share with you from actually Human Design and Jinkies. And then I have a specific question for you regarding chat GPT. I want to get there because I think it's also related. So you know, there are gates in human design, right? Like gate one, two, like until 64. And so gate one and two, gate one is the most masculine in the entire chart. It's the most yang energy. And gate two is the most yin energy. And in the jinkies, and, and this goes back to the Chinese I Ching, it's like these archetypal energies we have, right? And we think, okay, one comes first, the masculine, and then two. And Richard Rudd, luckily, thanks to him, in the jinkies book, he, he writes that it was originally meant the other way around, the feminine comes first. So mm. it's first the feminine, and that's actually how the energy flows in the human design chart from gate two through the G center and then to gate one. So the feminine comes first. And I feel like we're literally, and of course my body right now has tingles everywhere. <laughs> it's like when you speak the truth, right? That's how we feel it. Um, it's like we have been in such a masculine paradigm for so many years. And now that people like us, we're, we're just bringing back the feminine and maybe even a little extreme so we can balance it out and because the, the the masculine is not useless at all, right? We need it. Like just being in the feminine, we're just going to be sitting on the couch and like, Ooh, like surrender and trust. And <laughs> you know that we still have to take action. And it's just from that feminine place of like, also of course, slowing down 
you can take that one little action that creates a quantum leap that creates the massive impact, you know, and doesn't get you like burned out. And I just, I don't know, when I read this, it's just like, ah, this is so profound for everything we do in life and business that feminine first and then the masculine, right? It's the nurturing and the caring. It's it's just like we need to nurture and take care of our body before we go out and share the energy, right? It just makes sense. Exactly. And it's also impacting the the energy behind the content, like I said, has a lot to do with the intention of what we expect it to do. Yeah. Uh, I talk a lot about having a transactional nature with our messaging. And to me, that's a very kind of masculine action driven way of looking at content. So, you know, for example, I'm going to produce five pieces of content that talk about this offer because I want it to convert, because I want it to bring in revenue, because I want it to produce an ROI. And the more feminine approach to it is really just producing out of this desire for for creativity, for servitude, for becoming known for a concept, for creating a body of work that represents our values. And the key here is that the intention behind producing these messages or producing these content pieces is not necessarily to get a sale or is not necessarily to hit your revenue goals or hit your income goals. It rather becomes a an extension of who you are. It becomes an extension of your mission. And the byproduct of doing that repeatedly and having these amazing pieces of content go out that provide genuine value, you end up growing your bank account or you end up getting more clients. But the intention primarily is not to launch and hit revenue goals. And I think that's the shift or that's the movement that I'm trying to start within even the marketing space is that the purpose of your marketing is not to create sales. And I know it's very backwards for people, but the purpose of your marketing is to actually get your message in front of the right people. It's mm. to impact as many people, the, as many right people that could truly get benefits from working with you. Not necessarily trying to convince, trying to persuade, trying to, you know, you're not producing content to hit your goals. You're producing content to educate a population on how they can hit their goals. And as a byproduct of doing that, they come in to work with you. Yeah, you speak my language. Thank you. I can, mm -hmm. I can, where can I sign? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and I have experienced this. I even did a whole podcast uh, episode about this in the very beginning about like not putting money on a pedestal because literally, I, I really want to say 100%. I don't want to say that easily. Like every single time I did something to make money, it didn't work because it's, it's the intention behind, right? And, and that's also Gene Keys, human design is all about we have to come from service for and foremost. If we don't come from service, and I really believe, and many people that are listening to this right now, they may not like it, like people that are really financially successful that have been mainly operating from this place of more, 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 and how can we make, and most companies out there are operating, how can we get another 10% increase? But anything that's impacting people, mother nature, in, in a negative impact, it's, it's not going to sustain. It's going to crumble. And I think we're seeing this already. And sometimes making less money may actually be good, but we are creating health and well-being for people and the environment because we are so on this, like, it's just about the money. And let's see, see what's happening in the world, global warming. I was just in the, we were in the Florida Keys last week and you know how hot the water was? Like a freaking bathtub. The, the coldest water was like a little like shower holes there. I mean, we you couldn't even see fishes because it had to go out so far in the ocean. Like, like it's real. Like things are changing, and that's why I'm just I'm excited that we are part of this. You know, really bringing heart into business. Yeah, and I, and I love that your message is just just that. I love it. Yeah. So now I would love to hear from you, unless you have something else to say about this, but this chat GPT, I actually see that as a positive thing, um, but I would love to hear from your take actually on it. And especially in this context of what we have been talking about, like how can this actually benefit, especially like entrepreneurs like us? Absolutely. So I actually think this ties in beautifully to what you, what you just said around you know, sometimes in business or people who um, are very financially successful, sometimes forget the foundations or forget about why we got into business in the first place. And one of the things that I see constantly being talked about is this notion of efficiency. And how do we get more done in less time with less, you know, 
effort and how do we make things easier? How do we experience more ease and flow, which I'm all for, by the way. However, one of the things, and it's it's a very nuanced topic, because in the pursuit of efficiency, we are sometimes outsourcing too much of our own human creative power. And so my opinion on ChatGPT has been challenged by many, but has also been accepted by a small group of people who kind of also do think this way, because it's twofold. I definitely think that it, it is a very powerful tool for people who are within the creative space, for people who are producing content, for people who have a message to share and want to amplify that message. But very similar to what I said at the beginning of this episode, uh, with outsourcing our creativity or outsourcing our power to a copywriter, we have to be careful. And it's a fine line between becoming overly reliant or even codependent on something like ChatGPT to do the thinking for us. So my stance on ChatGPT is that it is an excellent tool to allow you to see blind spots, perhaps, in ideas that you hadn't come up with before, or for people who have something to say and are just feeling like they're struggling with the uh, the details or knowing exactly how to get things going, it's an excellent tool to get the ball rolling on certain things. But if we become too heavily reliant on ChatGPT to originate the sparks of creativity for us, then we're not using the parts of our mind that is meant to create those connections. And I believe it was Albert Einstein, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong with this, and I don't remember exactly what the quote was, but it was talking about how in the future, if we outsource all of our intelligence to um, machines or to computers and to other things to do for us, the parts of our brain that actually produce creative thought or the parts of our brain that actually does complex thinking starts to shrink. Mm. And so my biggest fear with the over-reliance on ChatGPT is that we forget to, to do certain things that as humans we're naturally built to do. If you look at the great works in philosophical texts and even religious texts or spiritual texts, there was no outsourcing of our thinking and our creativity to produce these things. And what makes them works of art is that they're original, is that they were channeled through individuals that had a passion for what they were writing. And so as helpful as ChatGPT can be to help get the ball rolling or help amplify a message that we already have or produce mm. different ways that we can say certain things, I truly, truly do think that the creators of the future should not be delegating the originality of their ideas to a machine to do for us. So yeah. I'm not against it, but I'm also not for completely becoming reliant and having it be an integral part of how we run our businesses. Yeah, I love that. And so for me, actually, the benefit that I see, especially for spiritual entrepreneurs, is that that's the big chance for you guys to stand more out because we, I think we're going to start to see more and more cookie cutter content like mm -hmm. everywhere, just yes. super flat. And because I have only honestly used ChatGPT a couple of times and I then find it more like taking more time for me to make it sound like a real person or like really authentically me. Right. And um, but there's a couple of ideas that I have right now where I actually can think about this can actually help me, you know, just get the content nicely organized and things there just to, because I have a tendency sometimes to be too eloquent and to talk too much around the bushes and stuff yeah, <laughs> and get into too many details. So just make this shorter and get to the point and stuff like that. Right. Um, or give me like ideas sometimes, you know, because Sometimes I just have a blank and then I can, because as a general manager, right, like it gives me things actually to respond to that they pick up somewhere from the internet or like, oh, I didn't think about it. Okay, how can I create this? So it's more like an assistant in some way. And I can, I think it really is, like you say, we have to use it like in a, with the intention again, like how, how am I using it, right? But yeah, we can, it can really make us dumb, like you say, right? Like it's, you taking our brain power and creativity away because that's that's what's gonna create the future our like things that we don't know yet that comes from our creativity and uniqueness and things how we have never done it before chat gpt is all replication of what we already have and we have oh my god so much information already like i get exhausted exhausted by so much like like for me that's why everything less is better less 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 just want to have the good stuff, but 
Yeah. Exactly. And and I think one of the things that I use, even when I'm teaching, because it, during my teachings, I do provide certain frameworks and formulas that mm-hmm. call training wheels, because oftentimes as creatives, when we sit down to write, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, there's so many things in your mind and you're so embedded within your own expertise that it becomes hard to know what to talk about or how to take one post and just make it about that one topic and not go off on a million different tangents. Yeah. Right. So it's, I definitely do think that ChatGPT can actually help narrow down what it is, like what the scope of this post is. Mm-hmm. And that's why I call it training wheels. And even some of the frameworks and formulas that I talk about is that at some point, you will naturally be able to channel your energy towards producing one piece of content that is intentionally created about this one topic. But when we're first starting to do this, it feels like we're channeling a million different things from pulling from all of our experiences and trying to put it onto one piece of one piece of content. And it becomes overwhelming not just for us, but for the reader as well. So using ChatGPT as kind of giving us parameters around like, okay, I want to talk about this one topic. I have 15 other angles I can use for, but maybe ChatGPT can give me a prompt that will help me focus my energy yeah. on this one. So if we use it in, as as you said, like an assistant, something that aids us or guides our thinking, I think it's it's immensely helpful. But mm. if we're relying on it to like, well, what does my audience need to hear? You're right. It takes away the uniqueness. It takes away the power. It takes away the um, what, what makes your expertise and your personality and your brand stand out amongst other people. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Hmm. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely because I mean it's things are moving really fast, right? And it's just for us humans to just get used to it. And it's so easy to use it in the wrong way. And then like, but I think we are we're actually like many of us are really, really hyper aware of like what the danger is, what the advantages are. And so I think that's that's why it's really important to talk about this, you know, because as we know, there are opinions about everything. One says it's super bad, it's super good. And I, I always like to kind of like, okay, let's look at this because it's there for a reason, right? Like here, be careful. Here's actually some benefits and we have to just use it really wisely. So thank you mm-hmm. for your for your insights on that. And also I wanted to ask you, so because um, you mentioned in the, when we talked first about, you know, what do you want to talk about in your podcast? It's like, the idea of dropping the guilt of not doing enough you know because I think also it's so easy to fall into this like all or nothing mentality and like I have to be perfect and you know because at the end of the day it takes time like going to the gym like you know it's it's like a work in progress one step at a time so can you talk a little bit about this in in the context of messaging yeah, absolutely. So one of the biggest issues or kind of points of frustration for my clients when they come to me is this idea that they're not doing enough when it comes to their marketing or that there's always more that they can be doing. And especially mm-hmm. in the era of marketing that we're living in right now, where there's so many different strategies where, you know, you can be producing reels and you need to be po- posting a certain number of content every week or uh, you need to be emailing your your list every week. And th- there's so many different ways that we can be getting our message out there. And one of the things that I'm consistently bringing my clients back to is that it's not the consistency or the frequency of doing more, but it's more about creating potent pieces that are truly reflective of your values. And so sometimes by having a potent message and by making sure that our energy is in alignment with our message. It's not about doing more. It's actually about doing less, but doing it better. Mm. And I know the allure of wanting to be top of mind and feeling like, oh, if I haven't posted in three days, people are going to forget who I am. But it's not necessarily the case. I would much prefer someone to really sit with their message, to really study their their zone of genius, to really look at what are the gaps in my market? What is it that I actually want to create that is going to fulfill those gaps and create something out of this ethical place of wholeness rather than this place of scarcity of, well, I need to be creating and I need to be everywhere so that people you know know my name or that they don't forget who I am. And so a huge part of messaging has very little to do with the actual message itself, but it's focusing on the human and who you are being behind the scenes and how you are leading a life of alignment or a life that actually feels good to you rather than feeling like we need to just constantly be putting messages out there or talking about things mm-hmm. in order to main top of mind to our to our clients or to our audience thank you for that reminder because 
I literally was like thinking about myself when you were talking because so last week when I was on vacation, I, I really barely posted anything and I still had sales and stuff. And I was like, oh, it works because I have so much stuff out there. I have a website. I have a podcast with almost 100 episodes. I mean, there's probably more content than people can actually take on if they just go to what's there. And but it, there's still this like because, you know, on Instagram, you you see like your outreach in the last 30 days. And it does. If I don't post consistently, it goes down. And then we start to feel like. Ah, I should be getting one of these popular posts out again, you know, but ah, it's, I know for myself, like when I consume content, like, like for example, like I, if I have, a, I had a session about astrology a little while ago and it helped me with my branding, like more colors, branding and stuff like that. Right. And I literally, I went back to the recording like four or five times. I'm still using this. You know, and then I, I noticed myself and other things and it's like, okay, now it's this, now it's this. And what I listened to five days ago, which I thought was, oh my God, mind blowing. I don't even know what it was anymore. And I haven't taken any kind of action on it. Right. It, it's, that's again, the exhaustion and just too much. Like it's actually more of service to people, give them less, but give them the time to actually work with that and take on the wisdom and implement it into your daily life. Right. So yeah it's also embedded kind of in our culture and i'll I'll call it north american for lack of better term but this need for for consumption and more and i've really really noticed especially in the last couple of years even when it comes to the marketing space or the expert space or the personal branding space that the quality of input has gone down but the quantity has gone up Mm. and you know call this kind of this almost like capitalistic way of thinking where it's like more, more, more with doing less. But I've even found that, especially just even in the last year, I mean, I went from reading four to five books a month to this year. I've probably only read maybe three or four books, but I've read them over and over again Mm. because there are pieces that every time I go back to, I gain something new from. And it's almost like every other version of myself. And as I evolve as a human, every time I go back to these texts, there's more to get out of it. And that's kind of how I want people to think about their their branding or even their, their presence online, where creating one piece of very, very potent content can be something that people come back to time and time again, or can create this kind of exponential growth for you simply because it's so wildly different and so wildly creative and so valuable to the right people that it's less about having to produce more and more and more content about that one piece, but understanding how to repurpose what we create in a way that actually speaks to the right people. So it's less about doing more of the things that we've been taught that we need to do. And instead just asking ourselves, like, what is, you know, what is the best depiction or the best way that I can express my ideas in the most concise, clear way possible and creating more potent pieces that you can recycle, that you can repurpose, that people can come back to time and time again. Um, I think that's that's a very kind of controversial marketing message because especially in today's day and age, it's it's always about how do you produce more so that we don't fall fall behind. But again, we're not machines and we're not um objects that are meant to stay in motion. And this mm-hmm. this constant idea of building momentum in your business. And I, I recently wrote about this where I think momentum in your business is a myth because momentum is often talked about as you're an object that stays in motion. And, and if you stop, it takes a lot more energy to get back into motion. Mm-hmm. But we're cyclical beings. We're not necessarily... Yeah. And we will inevitably go through periods of time where we're on vacation, where there's different components of our life that become important. And we're not in a season of production. We're not in a season of being out there. Sometimes we need to retreat back into hermit mode and to allow ideas to gestate, to allow this next version of us to come to the surface without the pressure of I'm going to fall behind or people are going to forget who I am. And the easier or the sooner we implement this in the way that we show up, the easier it is for us to actually live a life that feels in alignment and that we attract the right types of people into our worlds or into our programs that actually respect that way of living. Mm, Yeah, you spoke to my soul. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No. Uh, Yeah, and it's it's really like also minimalism. And I mean, we met through Emma Louise, right? Emma Louise is all about minimalism and less is more. So I feel really excited and grounded in this conversation it's so good and i feel like we have more business to do in the future 
Yes, there's plenty. Oh, there's plenty. Yeah, also to collaborate and get this message out there because there's such a, that's the whole thing. We have too much stuff everywhere. Even like it's in my home. I feel the most grounded, happy when I declutter, when I get rid of stuff. It's always, always less is more. And then this just fresh piece of content, the one thing, and then you actually can take care of your body and enjoy life and sort of cons. We're not machines, right? We're never designed to be. So I love that so much. So I almost feel like uh, we could talk for another hour. <laughs> right. I know we can just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted to, because I promised you just have a super quick peek at your human design shop before we oh, wrap absolutely. up. Yeah. Because um, as you know, I love to talk about this and so much like what we just talked about, like, yeah, when I, when I just see your human design chart, it's just amazing. So you are a one, three manager. And like you said, with sacral authority and, you know, I call you like more of the, a little bit karma kind of manifesting generator energy, because like me too, like we don't have the 3420 channel. The 3420 channel is that pure manager, right? I always call them the energizer bunnies and you have that sacral energy gets filtered through your G center. So there is this like, before it goes to the throat, there is the heart in it. And also you, this is the Ajna I was talking about earlier, right? So the Ajna is that processing unit and that also flows through your throat. So you are here to share your opinions with details and how to correct things and to optimize it and, I mean, for a copywriter, and and that's a very teaching energy. So anytime the ajna is connected to the throat, it's like uh, you have teaching energy. And also both gate 50 and 27 is all about teaching as well. So you have a lot of like, just to teaching. share with you, right? You're, you're yeah. very on point. The other thing is your Mercury is in gate 56. Mercury is about what are we here to communicate about? 56 is the, it's about storytelling. You know, mm. so many of the posts that I really enjoy reading, like, because you share your stories and it makes me very like relatable to you. And I, I personally learn the most through stories. Yeah. You know, let's say, like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. No, if I really hear you share a story, it's so transformational, so educational. So I, I really, really love that. And your conscious son is gate 31, which is, it's like the, the democratic leadership kind of energy, right? So you're here to, well, listen kind of to the collective and see what's going on. And then you, you're here to lead and guide, right? And you do that so beautifully through your, I mean, the way that you teach about messaging, right? And you guide us entrepreneurs into a more feminine, more intuitive way of, you know, using copywriting and all that stuff. So, um, very intuitive person also, right? You have this clean defined. Do you find yourself very like intuitive? Yes. Yes. And for a long time, I, I ignored quite a bit of it because I would intellectualize or rationalize intuitive feelings. If they didn't make sense rationally, I wouldn't follow them. But through brutal experience, I've learned that anytime I ignore my intuition, I don't actually get to the desired outcome mm -hmm. and so i've honored that intuition and it's it's become even more strong in the last two years or so so yeah 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 awesome and you you consider yourself highly empathic and sensitive as well i would say so um empath yes i would say empath um i think i also resisted that side of me for a long time i think because of life experiences and, and things i i mm -hmm. kind of put a harder outer shell where i wouldn't necessarily uh, consider myself an empath, but the more I've learned to soften and the more I've let go of the masks mm -hmm. that I thought I had to wear to be yeah. taken seriously and all that, I definitely do now see it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Cause you have a completely open world center and the solar plexus, you can take on other people's emotions and feelings, right. And amplify them. So cause I, ha I have that too. And, um, but every, it's always everybody's and you have a point. Oftentimes we, we put on the mask of being the strong one, yeah. right. And, and not really get to that feminine part of us so yeah. I love that and then I would love to hear from you because you were saying in the beginning so you're a manifesting generator right so how was that for you to learn about that we are meant to be kind of doing not just one thing and not just pick one thing and yes. be more multi-passionate how was that for you oh my gosh so uh, as I was sharing earlier I feel like it was a huge sigh of relief and also 
validation that there's nothing wrong with me. And I think for the majority of my life, I've been made to feel wrong for being multi-passionate and not mm-hmm. being able to focus on just one thing. And it goes as early as childhood when my parents wanted me to really, really get good at, you know, learning one instrument or getting into one sport. And I never could stay focused on this one thing because if something else sparked interest in me, I also wanted to do that. And I felt like I was always limited being like, well, no, you can't do it all. You need to pick one. You need to only be good at one thing. And that never sat well with me. So even throughout my teenage years or even throughout university, I kind of rebelled against this notion that you need to be good at one thing. And I started doing multiple things. And you know, I I potentially was labeled as being a little bit scattered or um, as someone who like, oh, you do that as well. And and especially in business, I know I was copywriting, but I was also starting little side ventures on the side. Um, And I wouldn't maybe talk about them as much, but they they became parts of who I am. And Mm. for a while, especially when I got into branding, I was like, well, you know, I I don't want to be known as the scattered person, or I don't want to be known as the person who just like it does everything. And it wasn't until I I got into human design and and learned about what it means to be a manifesting generator that it all of a sudden all made sense where I'm like, well, that is why (laughs) There's, there's so many sparks of inspiration that I love to follow. Uh, I would take very quick action and people would always tell me that you you take action too fast, like let things settle first. And I'm like, no, if, I, if I'm interested in something and if I want to go after it, I put it into action right away. And so it was a very big sigh of relief feeling like, okay, this isn't a character flaw. This isn't something that is wrong. If anything, this is just my natural innate way of being and moving through the world. So that that was a huge sigh of relief for sure. <laughs> I love it. And and just to share with you, so when Jupiter as the when we look at business, money, prosperity, like Jupiter is kind of that planet, and you have your unconscious Jupiter is five and your conscious Jupiter is 34. So gate five is all about patience. <laughs> you know, that that's a huge big so for abundance, patience is super, super, super powerful for you. It's also about having consistent routines, but they can change over time, right? However, that that really nurtures you. Like they, there's an ebb and flow, like you say, with the seasons and the cycles and stuff. And the the pearl, so in, in the Jinkies, we call the conscious Jupiter the pearl. So this is how you experience abundance. And gate 34, that is the manifesting general. It's the gate of power. It's like the busiest energy in the chart. So you have to be busy, like, but only yeah. from a place of stillness. And like we talked about from being grounded in the feminine and actually waiting for the right time. But then you have so much power, like you get these things out into the world and they're so impactful. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the line six, it's all about, you kind of see further than everybody else. Like it's almost like a really wise teacher. Like you can already see what's happening in the future. And it's like, almost like how the money system is going to change. Or we don't even, we live in the future where there's no money anymore. Like, like, and it's just honestly, like through your being, you impact the world through just who you're being, like without any doing something in particular. Right. So, um, and again, the sixth line is also a teaching, teaching energy. So that's, um, just like experiencing you it's so like I can see it and sense it in you a lot right there's so much power and so much wisdom and like future thinking and guiding humanity into the future and that's that's also your you have the 31 7 the whole channel so the mm-hmm. gate 7 is is all about guiding humanity into the future mm-hmm. I have that in my chart as well and it's and it's also like an energy like kind of being a guide but like we are kind of behind the throne we're just like like what you're doing right now like you are teaching people you're kind of behind the scenes and they can go show up in the front and you're just like like you you are like guiding them right and you're a leader but kind of behind the scenes a little bit so exactly that's that's very much yeah, that resonates so deeply. And, and that was a conversation I was having with a with a good friend of mine last week where she was saying, you know, you have a lot of really powerful concepts, but I don't necessarily see you wanting to become, you know, these this big figure that's like, you know, on stages and well known. And mm. even though I talk a lot about personal branding and, and positioning yourself well, that itself is is very resonant with me because 
I've never seen myself as the one that kind of wants to be the the seeker of attention. It's mm-hmm. more like I have ideas and concepts that I know could guide other people who want to be on the scene. So I've always kind of been the behind the scenes person for a lot of big figures. And it doesn't mean that I don't want to be the, the you know, the face. Yeah. I don't think that's where my natural, I don't think I thrive there. I, I personally mm-hmm. feel that I prefer to be more the behind the scenes that guides them and empowers them with that. So that that's mm-hmm. spot on. <laughs> yeah I love it I can relate to myself I have that gate seven and yeah sometimes and I, you're Leo right in yes in astrology, yeah so Leo is a little bit like out there and all of that but that's why the chart is so cool like it it balances everything and you have a lot of also individual energy in your chart where you need a lot of alone time just the the one three profile is very it's, it's about yourself your own experience studying learning reading investigating trying things out trial and errors a lot there and that's how you learn right through your yeah that is literally me yep yeah <laughs> yeah. So, yeah this is incredible love it yeah it's, it's I always love it and you know I, I shared this with another um person I even find like especially that younger generations are more now because you're young if, if you ask me like what you do I'm like wow like I just got out of college a little bit before that and like <laughs> I knew nothing and you're like an expert with what you do and I, I find that people start to live their human design naturally quicker um, mm-hmm. because I guess it's like where we're living in evolution like the DNA or whatever we're infused with like there's less and less um, we go through yeah in terms of like oh, I need to figure this out. And what's my human design chart? Like more, Taylor Swift, for example, also like I saw her speak one time and I have to look at her human design chart. And she was just speaking her human design chart. And I was like, so beautiful, right? And um, I just love that so much. So thank you for, yeah, shining your yeah, Thank you for and... sharing this too. I think it's, if anything, it's it's very, it's, it's validating, but it's also, uh, affirming of certain things that you might even doubt within yourself where it's like am I on the right path am I doing the right things am I living in alignment what it really does is that it helps you see like yes you are the things that come to you are okay yeah and that's honestly all what human design for me is about is that you just can trust yourself more and have this kind of check sometimes like because we're humans like you say I doubt myself sometimes and then I just look at I know I'm good you know exactly yeah perfect so to finish up i would love to hear how can people find you um you also have the neuro branding academy right yes yeah so a lot of my messaging principles are taught within the neuro branding academy i have a signature program called neuro message which i honestly feel like has developed into becoming part of my life's work Mm-hmm. Um, the focus of the program is really helping experts and pioneers be able to solidify their brand identity, solidify their brand message, and learn all the nuances of effective communication so that they can actually communicate it with power. Um, but it's become so much more than that because so many of the themes we even talked about today about how do you actually become a conscious creator? How do you uh, t- talk about a message that truly resonates with what you want to be known for? How do you create real impact with your message? Um, it has become a lot more comprehensive than just kind of the you know the copywriting principles that that people come in for Mm, so yeah people can find me um my honestly my instagram is probably one of the easiest ways that people can get in touch and maybe even consume some of the content and some of the stories that i share um so my instagram handle is just my first name parmes p-a-r-m-e-e-s underscore and uh most people communicate with me through there and, and there's there's plenty of people i've connected with and other brilliant souls that are within this field or, or doing really powerful work that um, that we can really kind of learn from each other from. Yeah, that's the avenue I used to get you on the podcast. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm going to put everything in the show notes. So thank you so much for sharing that. And one final question I have for you. I always like to hear like one nugget of wisdom that yeah. you think is most potent for the listeners. Oh, there's so many I can pull from. Uh, if there's one that I could share, and it might relate to their messaging or it might not, is that the thing that you feel you're most called to do is the movement that you want to start. So if you are in business and you're thinking about how do I get, you know, X amount of people in my programs, how do I become well-known? How do I make more money? How do I, which fault, what strategies to follow? 
I invite you to kind of let go of the desire of following the right strategy or doing something the right way and instead focusing more on what is the actual movement that you want to start within your industry. What is the actual change? What is the new paradigm that you want people to be bought into? Because that's the thing that the future of marketing and the future of messaging is going to focus on. We're no longer just buying solutions, but we're buying what is the ideal vision and the, the similar values that you have. That's the this one thing. Very powerful, especially for me right now, because I'm so clear on that. I so know my movement and stuff. And thank you for um, that really helps me to connect back with that. Because it's like for me, all like bringing the yeah divine feminine leadership into everything. Right. And bringing the balance back into. I mean, we talked about this all today. So thank you. Very powerful. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for being here. It was so much fun. It's always like when the time is like, oh my God, we're already at the hour. Like, where did the time yeah. go? <laughs> this is my favorite episode. So thank you from the bottom of my heart, Parmis. So much wisdom, so much value, so much heart. And I trust you listeners learned so much. I actually encourage you to listen to this a couple more times because there were so many nuggets of wisdom. And thank you again, Parmis. And I'm excited to be with you all on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, then please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. And if you also know someone that you know in your heart could benefit from listening to this podcast, then I invite you to please share and help me reach more conscious leaders so we together can create global impact. I truly appreciate you and see you next time.